Welcome back to Old Heversa Q, your guide to the Ultimate Universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke Hare. I'm Devin Warner. And this week we were talking about... Some boring old X-Men, but some Spider-Men. Yeah. Uh, uh, this week, Nick Spencer finishes off his Ultimate X-Men run the same way that he started it, which is like... 90% just trying to continue stuff that was set up in Ultimate Fallout that never actually went anywhere. And then he gets kicked off of the book. Or he leaves the book. One of those two. And then the book basically ends. Yeah, and then also Spider-Man, which continues to just be like, wow, Lord and Miller did a really good job of adapting like the first several ultimate spider-man arcs or ultimate mm -hmm. comics spider-man arcs and also spider-man in a much better way this is also the book where joe casada had said if we ever cross over the ultimate universe and the 616 universe we have run out of ideas and claimed we would never have that yeah but i mean that's joe casada that's joey q mm -hmm. that's uh the Casadilla. Yeah, it's uh... a bad choice. Well, he also makes always makes bad choices for Spider-Man. Don't you just wish that you could have one more day? I mean that arc, no, but yeah. So as <sighs> much as you give Spencer, at least Spencer's trying to fix that one. I really stopped caring about Spider-Man stories in the uh, in the slot run. And then it was like, oh, now he's really rich and running a company. Yeah, that doesn't really interest me. And yeah, I've just fallen off. I mean, I am now firmly Team X-Men. Where now they're just doing an anime-ass fighting tournament in Otherworld. It's great. Yeah. I am I, very much... I don't care about X-Men. But that's, that's because of your feud with Javier Files. Who doesn't listen to this podcast, as far as I'm aware, so... Also, I just don't think they're that interesting in general, but... Oh, the new stuff has been excellent. But, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about significantly worse X-Men this week. And also, I'm going to continue to be really salty about this era of uh, the Ultimate Universe not using any, like, titles for story arcs. You just make them, we have to rank them that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, it makes my job... Uh, that I choose to do on this podcast that uh, it, it just makes it harder to do and it leads to things where it's like oh uh, yeah we'll just get into the wild fucking cliffhanger that never gets resolved in here Nick Spencer's just sitting there being like man how can I fuck over Luke Hare in about nine years exactly. that's right Mm -hmm. Volume 2. 
So, uh, the first thing we are covering is Ultimate Comics X-Men numbers 7 through 12, written by Nick Spencer, with pencils by Carlos Barbary and Paco Medina, with inks by Walton Wong and Juan Velasco, colors by Marte Gracia and Chris Sotomayor, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And, like, that first few issues here are all just kind of one-shots, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, now we're going to go and do a small arc in here. And then we're going to do one more arc of setting things up, and that stuff that gets set up is never going to come to fruition because it's like Nick Spencer's like, oh hey, you know what everybody loved in Ultimate uh, X Men? This thing. Yeah, like that first issue is all about Pietro being really upset because all of the murder machines he made so he could be in charge of the mutants got turned into genocide machines. And so he goes home and Wanda's like, hey, uh, this is all your fault because you didn't actually go to Egypt like you were supposed to. And so Pietro goes to Egypt and it turns out that Magneto is back to life for some reason. For some reason. And then Val Cooper, who's the mutant liaison for the White House, is worried because Ultimate X defected to Tian, the Twin Cities of Heaven. That used to be run by Zorn and Zorn, R.I.P. Other Zorn. And she's especially worried because Karen Grant was on that team, a.k.a. Jean Grey. And Nick Fury's like, no, the one you see there is actually a psychic projection. She's fooling everybody. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a good relief. And then Nick Fury's like, make her forget. But then it turns out that Karen Grant is actually double-double-crossing Nick Fury because she's back to being Jean Grey for Zorn. It was very convoluted. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's an interesting premise, but it's not handled well. And then we just get this three-issue arc where it's like, hey... Remember how we saw Storm and Colossus who were locked up in a camp? They're at Camp Angel that has a bunch of Sentinels, and Storm is trying to work with Colonel Lake, who oversees the camp. And his plan is to make what is essentially long-term internment camps that are not really internment camps. Like, we don't actually hear anything about the conditions, and it tries to be written off as, oh, these are fine places that nobody would have issues with mutants being stuck. Which is a very weird position to take. Uh-huh. And Major John Walker is supposed to take over. The news that mutants were all manufactured gets released and Storm is like, oh, well, fuck this shit. She shaves off all of her hair because that's all that that's she what does. what you do. And then leads a revolution. And they capture all the guards. Stacy X, who's been more militant with what she wants to do, is like, hey, let's kill all these guards. And Storm's like, no, let's not kill all these guards. That makes us as bad as they are. It's like, Storm, these people literally put you into internment camps. Like, they are actively bad. They are torturing people. And Colossus, who Storm had spent the night with before, after she freed him, <gasps> comes out and he's like, hey... There's an election, it's split 50-50, I haven't voted, and he kills Colonel Lake. And that's when the Nimrods arrive that are controlled by, uh, what's-his-face, Reverend Stryker's power ghost who starts murdering uh -huh. people. 
So Storm has to get out of there with everybody. And President Obama, before he gets murdered by the maker, is like, oh shit, look at all this stuff going to the Southwest. Uh, Y'all on your own, bitches. And the Sentinels are working on a master mode for whatever reason. And then we, like, cut to New York, where a mysterious figure goes into Kennerman Acres, a mental health institute. And he is aging everybody around him to death. And he is going for Alex Summers, Havoc, who's been talking to the ghost of his brother, Cyclops. And at Raxon, Layla Miller is trying to get access to the M-Serum. And she sees the mysterious figure who retrieved uh, Havoc is back. And he's like, this is a part of a bigger plan. Because I'm Mr. Sinister. And Apocalypse is coming back. And he's a mannequin again, motherfuckers. It's so dumb and it never gets picked up on again. The end. Yeah, it's it's just like... I... The whole side, the whole Charles Xavier and Magneto are back and they're pretending to be God to their children is wild. I don't rem I, I I think I remember the next step where essentially Kitty Pride sets up her own mutant base, mm -hmm. which isn't for a while. But uh, yeah, yeah, like Nick Spencer tries a lot of stuff. A lot of it is just weird rehashing and then it's just like, oh, uh, nobody wants to play with this gift that you laid out here, Nick. Time to toss it back in the trash. <laughs> yep. <gasps> oh, it's it's just so weird. Uh and unfortunately, we have, like, a bunch of other awful X-Men stories on our list of uh, rankings. So do you have a... I think this is kind of low. Pretty damn low. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm just going to refer to it as Spencer Part 2. Because, once again, Fucker didn't, fucker didn't leave a uh, title making my life significantly worse um how do you feel about it compared to ultimate x-men cable worse uh i i i think it's ooh um is it better or worse than the ultimates annual two that's the one where captain america's like hey falcon teach me about racism I would rather listen to Falcon teach Cap about racism. Uh, is it worse than Ultimate Fantastic Four Annual Number One, Inhuman? Mm, no, Inhuman was pretty shit. Put it above that. All right, so our new number 145 on our list of 159 stories is Part 2 of Spencer's Run. <sighs> what a what a wild world we live in. Oh, speaking of the list, I finally got it updated on the website. Nice. Because I've been procrastinating on that for a while. And uh, after that, we have Spider-Man numbers 1 through 5, which is a 
contained miniseries written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Sarah Pacelli, colors by Justin Ponsor, and letters by Corey Petit. Uh, Earth 616, Peter Parker stumbles into a factory and finds a portal in Mysterio. He webs them up, but when he goes to investigate the portal, he gets sucked in by Mysterio and is sent to the Ultimate Universe. When he tries to go to his house to see what's going on, someone else is living there. And after saving someone who's like, hey, it's really weird that you're wearing Peter Parker's costume. That guy is dead. Spider-Man's like, what? And that's when he runs into Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Luke, you're missing the most important part. What? We haven't introduced 616 Peter Parker. Now you see everyone. Peter Parker's Spider-Man, he was originally from the early 1960s. He was bit by a radioactive spider, watches Uncle Ben get killed by a burglar in his house. Oh no, now he starts becoming Spider-Man. Now over the next like 50 plus years, he has slowly started trying to become a better superhero. He has died. Actually, no times yet at this point. I mean, there was that time that he was reborn. I suppose. And there was a lot of other story arcs that went on for way too long. And he is still the beloved Spider-Man that we have today. The end. Well, I mean, at this point, it's like very much in between arcs for Parker. Because, I mean, that was something that Dan Slott did a few times where it's like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be our continuity for like a year. Yeah. So this isn't like, oh, I'm a multi-billionaire running a tech company, or I'm a space warrior, or I'm actually Dr. Octopus. Superior Spider-Man was fantastic, Luke. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything wrong about Superior Spider-Man. Well, that's also why, well, that was also why he became a tech billionaire. Mm-hmm. I'm not fighting. And then the he runs it into the me. ground. What? Then that's when he runs it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, back on the six one six, Mysterio wakes up and is like, "Oh, well, I need to go and kill Mysterio." So he sends in an avatar, which is essentially an android that has been controlled by him, that has acted as Ultimate Mysterio to kill Spider Man. Uh, Peter and Miles, after running into each other, try and figure what's going on, so they both fight, and eventually Miles knocks out Peter with a Venom Blast, and Peter wakes up in a shield-holding cell where Nick Fury is there, gets the rundown, he's like, yeah, no, this bullshit makes complete sense to me. Miles, show him what's going on, take this helicopter, and that is when the helicopter gets shot down by Mysterio, which, it's a weird thing that Nick Fury is like, hey... Miles, go show Peter Parker where Peter Parker died in this world. Take a helicopter specifically. Don't, like, mm -hmm. shoot webs. Uh, yeah, don't just web swing like you normally would. Yeah. It, it, Here, 14-year-old boy, I know that you can fly a helicopter. <laughs> well, I mean, they saved the helicopter pilot who was there. Yeah. But on the other hand, would you rather have to essentially do a half hour or so of cardio to get to a place where you find out that you died in this universe, or would you like to uh, take a helicopter? I feel like the web swinging would make a better one, because then you can like talk on the way there. 
I mean, you can talk uh, in helicopters because they have like the noise canceling headphones, and you don't have to worry about like, oh, this tiny kid lost his balloon. You have to go save his balloon. First off, I will always save the tiny child's <laughs> balloon, Luke. <laughs> I never actually played that game. I just saw someone talking about it yesterday, and how they also were like, yeah. I, I always have to save the kid's balloon, otherwise I feel bad. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually, we, uh, my roommate and I rewatched the first of the Tobey Maguire ones last night. And at the Unity Day Festival, a kid does lose his balloon. And I'm just stand, sitting there being like, save that balloon, Spider-Man. So the Spider-Man saved the pilot and moved to fight Mysterio, but he drugs him with a hallucinogen that makes him see and get hurt by ultimate Spider-Man's enemies, including like a version of the lizard who I don't remember him really looking like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. Yeah. And Mysterio's like, all right, well, if I can at least kill him because it, Miles is able to destroy the robot, I'll lock them in this ultimate universe. And then the robot explodes and the ultimates, but specifically Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Thor show up and Iron Man's like, oh, hey, I'll look into this robot thing. Meanwhile, Peter's like, I just hallucinated a lot of things that I could feel. I should probably figure out if this world is real at all. And so he tries to go into his old apartment, but it is currently in this universe a uh, like convenience store. He stops another robbery. And then he's like, hey, I stopped a robbery. I'm just like... Spider-Man, can I look at, like, a tablet? And that's when he sees how Peter Parker had died. And so he heads to Aunt May's home, where May and Gwen have just gotten back in from France, and he takes off his mask, and he's like, May, Gwen, it's me! And then May and Gwen beat the shit out of him until Miles shows up and is like, no, let me explain. And he explains that Aunt May faints, which is great. Yeah, it's pretty great. This is actually the best part of the entire arc is their meeting. Oh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at S.H.I.E.L.D., Tony's like, hey, I don't know what's really going on here. There's a robot. There's other universes. I want a drink. MJ gets a call from Gwen that uh, Peter is back in sort of vague terms, and then Miles, Gwen, and Peter are just swapping stories about their worlds. Aunt May joins in, and he mentions how he lost his Uncle Ben, and that inspired him. And May gets to use this as, like, a moment of closure so she could say goodbye to her Peter in a way that she didn't get to. Peter dodged that question like crazy when uh, and doesn't tell Gwen that she's dead in his yeah. universe. Miles brings up, I wonder if there's a Miles Morales in your universe. And if I remember, it's kind of really disappointing compared to this. He's like, a, he's like some weird serial killer or something. Yeah, what a weird thing, Brian Michael Bendis. And is also, like... Older. Significantly, because he's older than Peter. Alternate universes! Wait, so does that mean that that... Uh, Miles Morales just got replaced when Secret Wars merged the universes together? Or is that just something they never really covered? There's Both of them are there. Because Spider-Man 2 came out after Secret Wars came out. Wild. Comics. Mm -hmm. They're wild. Yep. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and Peter and Miles leave and Peter sees MJ when he's getting into the car, but she is not ready to deal with it. 
616 model MJ who just wears contacts instead of glasses would be. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. And back at Chio, Tony is trying to figure things out. And Miles is like, hey, I rem- I recognize this location from one of Mysterio's weird YouTube videos. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers and the Spider-Man go to the base. Mysterio is trying to shut the portal down. Peter pulls him through with a web. Mysterio gets captured. But he sets the building on fire, drugs everybody with their fears again. Miles cuts through it, tackles Mysterio, follows him back to the 616 before pulling him back into the Ultimate Universe where Nick Fury arrests him. But all the danger done to the portal means that it might close soon, so Peter has to say goodbye, he gives a bit of advice, and then leaves, and when he gets home and showers, he's like, oh, I should Google 616 Miles. The end. And then guess when he sees the results. Mm-hmm. And then we don't learn the results for, like, six or seven years. Because it was one of the books that Amazon put out when they were doing that that wild uh, all new books are ninety nine cents now. Mm. That's where I actually picked it up. Fair enough. I I I miss those times. I'm surprised they didn't do it more. But then they also released like all of the like Black Panther comics. I have not even started on those. Me neither. Oh, they did. And they released about those like fifteen free trades. Every month at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. But I had some of those already. I know. So, uh, yeah. Spider Man is good, but it's also just like, oh. Uh, you know what else is really good? Ah. Uh, Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse. Uh, that it is. Uh, so how do you feel about it compared to Death of Spider-Man? Prelude. Mm. Worse. Uh, a lot worse or just a little worse? Eh, just a little worse. Uh, Ultimates 2, Gods and Monsters? I would say it's better. All right, so our new number 21 is Ultimate Comics, or is Spider-Man. Numbers 1 through 5. And then last but not least, we have Ultimate Comics X-Men number 13, which I called Hit the Road because writer and person who has some shitty stuff in their past, Brian Wood, uh didn't give it a title and this immediately leads into the big ultimate universe revival crossover that we'll be getting into next week which is Mm -hmm. i remember it being very weird and just like hey we were doing really well for a while oh shit oh shit everything explodes good summary luke Mm mm-hmm uh, pencils were by Paco Medina and Riley Brown with inks by Juan Vlasco and Terry Pallet. So Iceman, Rogue, Jimmy Hudson, and Kitty Pride are traveling the country since the Sentinel attack that led to Obama abandoning the Southwest. 
In a flashback, we find out that Kitty decided to give up hiding in the Morlock tunnels and acting as Shroud and moves to attack soldiers attacking protesters and she wants to move to fight overall. Johnny Storm, meanwhile, is like, yeah, have fun doing whatever you're going to do. You adopted a bunch of kids in the sewers, so I'm going to look after them. And Kitty was like, okay, well, us four uh, mutants are going to travel across the country. We need to stay inconspicuous, so let's all wear these armbands with an X on it like the X-Men until all mutants are free. Correct. Yeah, it's it's pretty much a, okay, this is what we're going to be concerned about for now. Because we generally understand these characters and they aren't tied up with events in other books. Let's rank it, Luke. Uh, alright, so. I mean, it's... Alright, we actually get writing. Like, one of the things with the Spencer books is they are really light. Oh, 100%. Like, they are three-minute books, and this was at least a five- to six-minute book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean... We have clear motivation. What Kitty is doing actually makes sense, even if it's a 180. How would you feel about it compared to X Ultimate X-Men, Hellfire, and Brimstone? Better. Uh, a little better or a lot better? Eh, a little better. How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Fantastic Four, Volume 1, The Fantastic? Uh, worse. Uh, yeah, I also don't think it's better than Ultimate Fantastic Four Ghosts. So then, is it better or worse than Ultimate War? Better. Alright, so our new number 48 is Ultimate X-Men. Number 13, Hit the Road, which is our first, uh, our first Ultimate X-Men comic to, like, hit the top 50 in a while. It'll probably get pushed back out before the end of this. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. We didn't really have any goofs that I think are titleable for this one. Do you have any title ideas for this episode, Devin? No. <laughs> Spencerman. You could do what's it called? Name it after the the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at one another. Wait, are we just going to call this Ultraversal Q number forty six a Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other? Sure. Alright. Uh let me write that down so I don't forget it. I got the Funko Pop of that yesterday. Did you know that they released the Funko Pop of Spider-Man pointing at each other? So, I also found a Funko Pop of everyone's favorite, and now my cure for Corona, the Grimace. I mean, is it original Grimace, or is it just two-armed Grimace? Yeah, it's two-armed Grimace. Okay. 
Release an original Grimace figure, you cowards. Also, is the Spider-Man like the exact same Spider-Man except they have different fingers pointing at each other? Oh, yeah. Sure. One has the full extended arm, the other one has it bent. And it does come with the background so that you can put it uh, with it. So it actually has the police truck that they're standing in front of. Oh, okay, that makes... No, it doesn't really make more sense. Uh, Yeah, this was a really short episode because it was very light stories, and next week is... or Well, in two weeks, we're going to have another biggin' with that crossover. Uh, So, Devin, you got a Switch. I did get a Switch. What games you got on that? I saw you were playing some Breathy Wilds. I had got Breath of the Wilds. I bought the Super Mario 3D All-Star, or whatever, the the trilogy. The, yeah, the thing with all of the classic Mario games. Yeah, because I'd only played 64. I've never played Sunshine or Galaxy. I'm not a big Mario platformer person. Neither was I, but I... Well, that's not true. I actually love uh, 64, but yeah. I'm trying to see if I can get to the other ones. Oh, well, I work at the library, so I borrowed a copy of Yoshi's, uh... Crafted World? Yes, that one. How was that? It's fun. Nice. Then Pokemon, let's go Pikachu. Why did you choose Pikachu and not Eevee? I like Pikachu more. Fair enough. And, uh, the big reason I got was to get the Nintendo, uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I also purchased, but I have yet to play, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Wild. I've been playing a lot of Hades. Nice. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I don't know what that is. So it's a roguelike uh, game where you're playing Zagreus, the son of Hades, and you are trying to get out of the four levels of hell. And your father does not want you to get out of the four levels of hell, so the idea is every time you die, you go back to the start, and, uh, you know, you have a bit more stuff. And the story progresses that way. It's by uh, Supergiant, who also made Bastion. Oh, okay. I own Bastion. I have never played Bastion. Oh, I loved Bastion. I had that for the Mac. Nice. Um, it went on my PS3, I think. Yeah, it's it's the right mix of simple mechanics but also luck and skill because one of the things that goes is like it's a lot of you go through this level you have to kill all the bad guys and then you either get some additional health or some money or uh you get a blessing from the gods and the blessings from the gods apply to like your different attacks so you have like your basic attack your special and then you have a few extra weird things and so you Pick up more of that until you finally get to the end where you have to fight your dad. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then you just do it all again. Oh, but that's good. Yeah, but there's also like six different weapons and all of them play differently and it's good. It's very addictive though. Nice. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, well I'll do one more run. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I died that run, so let me 
go back, it was way shorter than I wanted. And then it's like 11.30 at night, and you're like, oh, shit, I have work. Let me try one more run, and then it's 1 a.m. And you're like, oh. That's Classic like Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm slowly still making my way through, and by slow, I mean actually quickly, making my way through Persona 5. Nice. Uh, what What is the last heist you did? I completed the Museum Palace, and I am trying to find out where the third one is. Ooh. Very fun. Um, yeah, I, uh, Yusuke, Yusuke just started living with me. That is actually right where I ended. Yusuke, you dumbass. He's... The entire cast is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I I I wish they had it for the Switch, but for whatever reason, they're just releasing the uh, Dynasty Warriors type game instead. Oh, weird! But apparently, they're aware that people are like, "Hey, uh, there's not a lot of graphical complexities for this thing. Release it for the Switch." They probably will at some point. Mm. Yeah, I think they've seen that there actually is interest for it, and I would love to have. Something small like that that I... Ugh, my voice is dying off today. And I would love to have something small like that where I can... Yeah, my voice is just really cracking today. I love the Royal something. Edition is what I'm playing. Oh, nice. So is that the one where you get to choose if you're going to play a guy or a girl? No. No. No, it doesn't change that. It adds a third semester to the game. Mm. Okay, I actually would have not minded that. According to, well, according to, I haven't played it, but according to everything, apparently the third uh, semester is actually like the best part of the game. Very cool. Yes. All right, well. Uh, where can you be found online, Devin? Uh, you can find me online at Fredo Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at @coltreg. that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or all of my stuff is listed on LukeHair, L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, dot com, where you can find all the podcasts that we're doing. Uh, also, also this week, for those of you who care, I should be getting the X out annual up. I got the cover art for it, I just need to... It looked very good. Stop playing Hades so I can get that editing done. Anyways, I'm going to go get some brunch now, Devin. Nice. Have a good one. Happy CXC weekend. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, you can watch Jeff Smith stream stuff online. Nice. All you right. stream that a lot during San Diego Comic Con, too. Makes you sense. Just, he just sat there for like five hours a day. You could just watch him draw. Oh, yeah. They were doing a thing earlier where they were just drawing on slider boxes. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, by the time this goes up, it'll probably be too late for anyone else. I should have mentioned it before, but I forgot. And we'll see you next week for The Rock on the Nicolas Cage podcast, The Unbearable Way to Nicolas Cage. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace.